The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum listeners. My name is Shaquille Shah. I'm from a solicitor at Wolf and Coast Listers and also a consultant for immigration at uh, Liberty Law Listers. Uh, today's show is uh, uh, based on immigration law. So we will be covering immigration law today, um, uh, just general overall immigration law and all the visas and and uh, applications. So if you have any questions or queries, please contact uh, the uh, Inspire FM of- office at 01582 uh, We also have a guest on, on here and I'll ask him to introduce himself. I'm Ash, the Immigration Supervisor at Wolf & Co. Okay. So today we were going to start um, uh, talking about asylum mm-hmm. first of all and then we'll go into uh, visitor visas and uh, spouse visas, uh, tier 4 student visas and also the questions and inquiries which come along the line. So I do um, encourage the listeners to contact the studio and ask any questions you have or any inquiries you want to raise so we can um, deal with them here or if not then we can ask you to contact us after, or at the office hours and we can um, we will assist you as as much as we can um so uh, we start off with asylum um uh, ash what is asylum what, so, what does it mean so asylum is when someone is seeking protection um from their country of origin so if they were to be in fear because of a political reason yes. they can come to the uk and ask the uk government to protect them yes. um from any harm that would happen to them um, if they return to their country of origin. Okay. And uh, what sort of reasons would they need to um, to pr- prove the harm or prove mm-hmm. the risk in that country? What sort of reasons did you say? Uh, yeah, the reasons. Like All right, the, so normally, um, if it's based on race, nationality, religion, okay. social group, or political opinion, those are the five reasons that would normally suffice. Okay. Uh, to be granted asylum. Okay. They're known as convention reasons. Um, so, for example, say you're um, a supporter of the opposition in, in Congo um, and your life is at risk because you're, you're not supporting the government. Uh, you can come and claim asylum in the UK or in Pakistan, Bangladesh, whatever the case. Obviously, every case would be you know, considered on its own merits um, depending on the evidence that you have. Um, the chances of success will differ. Okay. Um, how does the uh, application process work? Uh, where does it start? So normally you would call the screening unit, arrange an appointment. Um, they will then ask you to attend Croydon. Yeah. So once you attend, the first interview would take place, and that's known as the screening um, interview. Um, at that time, they will ask you a few questions about your claim, but mostly about your family and your background. Um, at that time, they will determine whether they wish to detain you or let you carry on living in the community. Okay, okay. so uh, this is for the people who are already in the UK? Yes, so you can only claim asylum when you're in the UK. Yeah, and uh, what about the people who just come off the, off the, the borders? Like on the lorry or some people mm-hmm. who come by lorries or... Yes, so well. you, you will have to follow the same process. If you are claiming asylum at the border, mm-hmm. 
say you've landed today, then you tell the immigration guard at that time, yeah. in any event, you will have a screening interview. Okay. Okay, so that's the first interview that would take place. So I know we've got a lot of people asking how does the funding work and how would they um, mm. pay the fees regarding immigration? What is there any home office fee and is there a solicitor's mm. fee? How is that? So for asylum applications, there uh, there are no home office fees. Okay. However, um, some firms, law firms especially, charge clients on a private basis. Mm. However, some offer legal aid where the legal aid agency, so a body of the government, would cover the solicitor's costs. Okay. So it would be recommended that you approach one of those firms. Okay, and uh, would the, if they don't have money, then they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to assist themselves in the fees? Oh. Say that again. So if, if they don't have money at all, mm-hmm. so the only way they are left is the legal aid? Yes. And is there any... Um, Criteria for legal aid, what criteria do you need? So there are two requirements. One is a means requirement and the, and the other one is the merits. So the means one yeah. is to show that you haven't got income. Okay. Uh, it, you can have a small income. Yeah. Okay. However, you need to show that your income is very little, that you cannot afford legal fees. Okay. So the threshold is around £733 okay. per month. Um after that assessment is done, and if you qualify, then obviously you pass that um, test. The next test would be whether there are merits. Yeah. So is your case a good case? Yeah. What are the chances of success? So you will tell your solicitor, they would assess that. Um, you know, in, in most cases, you will be granted okay. um, legal aid. So once the legal aid is granted, then application procedure mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. So application is made, and um, do they have a... Uh, further interviews or how yes so after the screening interview you'll be called in for another interview that there could be a huge gap between the two okay you know it could range between six months to even a year in certain cases um that's where they will discuss in a lot of detail um your claim why you've claimed asylum uh they'll go into detail details about any attacks any harm that you faced in the past to determine what risks might be posed to you if you return in the future. Okay. Um, but it, it, it could range between two to five hours, that interview. Okay, so once the, that interview is finished, then they decide, they make mm. a decision on the case. Yeah. So, so if, say, if the decision is positive, they mm-hmm. would get a visa, but what if the decision is negative? Okay, so if it's negative, yeah. in most cases, you'll be given a right of appeal. Okay. Okay, so you can then appeal to the judge, who's an independent member of the judiciary, um, to reconsider the case, reconsider all your evidence, and further evidence that you might want to submit that you've come across okay. um, in the meantime, and hope for a good decision. Okay. So, say, um, we've done the appeal, and mm-hmm. if, if it doesn't work, if the appeal is not mm-hmm. allowed or dismissed by yep. the judge, mm-hmm. do they have... A, Anything further to do on this case? Or? Okay, so it's likely that you will be able to appeal further okay. um, to the upper tribunal at this time. But this time round, obviously, the threshold is far higher. You've got to show that the first judge made an error of law. Okay. So in his application of the law, did he make an error? If that's a yes, then you can submit grounds of appeal 
to the first year tribunal or the upper tribunal, depending on what stage you're at, um, appealing that decision. The upper tribunal will then make a decision on whether that that decision was made in error by okay. the judge. Okay, so um, does does the court uh, appeal cases are covered by legal aid as well, or does it? Is the... So, if you're granted legal aid in the first instance, so at your asylum stage, yeah. it's likely that your asylum will uh, your legal aid would continue through the asylum claim. However, at every stage your legal aid would be assessed. So at the initial asylum stage, once the claim is refused, your legal aid would be reassessed again to assess whether you have any means this time and whether there are merits to continue to an appeal. If there is, then you'll carry on. The same applies at the time of your um, appeal against the first-year tribunal. Say the first year tribunal dismissed, then the mm-hmm. second, uh, the upper tier tribunal, mm. they refuse the appeal mm-hmm. on some different reasons or the same reasons. Yeah. Then would they have any avenue to go forward? Well, it depends what happens at the upper tribunal. If the upper tribunal refuse it outright, uh, it's likely that you can appeal to the court of appeal. But that is a very difficult and up uphill struggle. But if it's refused outright and there's no right to appeal, let's say, because the merits are very low. Yeah. Then what you could do is apply again, which is known as a fresh claim. Okay. But then that has its own requirements as well. Okay. Um, and I'll take you through them. So obviously you need to have new evidence that wasn't available previously yeah. that is substantially different and it increases the prospect of success. Okay. So, you, for example... You've got a letter from Pakistan, let's say, regarding your political activities. That wasn't available at the time of your initial claim. If you've got this and together with everything that you've submitted already shows that you are at risk. So using this new evidence, you can apply for a fresh claim. Okay, Okay, so you can have your case considered again. Yeah. So... um so say the application is positive, mm. they mm. get granted a visa, can can the clients apply for indefinite leave to remain? Mm. So before we move on to that, just to let you know, if you are granted a visa, yep. that will be for five years. Yep. After that five years period is over, you can, act, you can apply for indefinite leave to remain, still as a refugee. Okay. okay? Um, and then the Home Office would review the claim. And then grant you indefinite leave to remain. Okay. And is that the route to um, naturalization? And yes. So after that, you'd stay here for a further year. During that time, you can prepare for your naturalization application. Yep. And then at the end of that one year, yep. the earliest you can apply is at the end of that year. You can then apply for naturalization because in order to apply for naturalization, you need to show that you've been in the UK legally for five years. Okay. And that last year you've had no conditions on your stay so for example you've been an indefinite leave to remain person okay so dear listeners we uh, just went through asylum procedure application and uh, all the options so we pretty much covered asylum in details if anyone has any questions please contact the office, Inspire FM office on 01582481822. You can also um, send a WhatsApp message on 07779481822. That's 07779481822.
We are also live on Facebook uh, Live. You can also send us uh, messages or comments on the Facebook Live. We are monitoring, monitoring them and we will um, assist you if you have any queries or questions regarding asylum or any other immigration um, any other immigration um, application or uh, process or anything you really want to ask. Um, we, we're going to be moving on to now um, visit visas. So mm -hmm. we could pretty much covered asylum, so visit mm -hmm. visas. So mm -hmm. what are the requirements for visit visa? So a visit visa, you need to show that you're coming to the UK, okay, but with the intention to stay here for a temporary period, one, two, three, four weeks. But the key is that you need to show that you've got the intention to return yeah. and that you've got something to return to. Okay. Um, it sounds like a very simple application, but it's hard to prove to an interclearance officer that you will return yeah. um, at the end of that period. Um, the key point here is you will be given a visa for six months. It's normally valid for six months. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can, you can stay here for six months. So if on your application you say you will be in the UK for four weeks, they would expect you to return within those four weeks. Okay. Um, otherwise, any subsequent application that you may make yeah. um, will raise these issues. Okay. Um, so, for example, you know, I've, I've had clients in the past where their second visit, visit application was refused because they overstayed the time that they promised to stay in the UK in their first visa okay. application. Yeah, so um, so visits could be, it could be, um, what a type of visit visa it can be? Is there any types of visit visas as well? Or? Yeah, well, you've got the general visit visa. Yeah. Um, in the past, there was a family visit visa. Um you could have students that come to visit as well, um, just to check their institution, the courses, and so on. However, the most common one is the general visit visa. Okay, okay people come to stay here for a couple of weeks and go back. It's just a simple holiday. Yeah, and what about uh, businesses and investors? And so yes, on? so you could do business visas, a visit visa for that as well. Okay. Um, however those ones the you, you can convert those ones into a full business okay. visa depending on which route you've taken yeah so if say someone comes to visit and mm. check out the market and then mm -hmm. they decide to open a business mm. they can within the uk they can yes. extend that to yeah. uh, an investor visa or mm -hmm. entrepreneur whereas a general visit visa you can't do anything else with it okay the only option is to return okay you so can't get it comes with the uh, with the with the conditions yeah strict can. conditions yeah. you can't get married you can't work you can't set up a business you You're here as a tourist. You can't study. You stay here, okay. visit your family, friends, and then go back. Okay, so um, what documentation would they need to provide if <clears> they are applying for a general visit visa? General visit visa, they'll need their passport, evidence of any other countries that they've travelled to, which shows that they've got a good history, a good record, someone that you know, the Home Office can trust. Um, any other responsibilities that they have in their country of origin? Yeah. So, for example, medical appointments and so on, uh, that would normally indicate that they will be returning. Yeah. Um, and that would be it, really. You'll need the application form and the fee. Um, but it's it, th there's a wide discretion for you. Um, so if you've got a property over there, you show some of that. You show your bank statements, most importantly, because you need to show that you can take care of yourself. Evidence of accommodation, where will you be living here? So those are the key elements. Um, but 
the accommodation here, sometimes you might be sponsored by a family member. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. You could give a statutory declaration for that. Um, and a copy of their passport just to, in, just to confirm their identity as well. If you are being sponsored by someone, again, a statutory declaration would do and their bank statements. Okay. Um, that would be it, really. Um, prop- documents uh, or relating to what you have in your country of origin is important as well. Okay. Because what that proves to the Home Office is the chances of you remaining in the UK or overstaying your visa is low. Okay? Yeah. Um, if they believe that you won't return, then your visa would be refused. Okay. Um, so say someone, uh, do you have to have any family members or relatives in the UK to apply for visit visa? No. No, you don't need to have family member here. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you, you could just walk down the streets of London and you'll see many, many tourists. Yeah. Um, they don't have any family members here. They've just come to visit the UK. Oh, okay, but if you do have family members, even better. Yeah. You, you'll have a stronger application. Okay, so um, with listeners, we just covered uh, visit visas as well, which is uh, we get a lot of inquiries during the day as well in, in the offices uh, regarding visitor visas. So this is a free advice session. If you have any questions, we can obviously assist you here, right here, or we can, uh, we can ask you to come into the other offices, and uh, you can come to Ash or whoever you you would like to speak to. And uh, now we're gonna be moving on to um, uh, some other types of visa, like family visas, just say spouse visas. So if you do want to ask any questions, or do you have, if you have any queries, please contact uh, Inspire FM on zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two. That's zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two. You can also WhatsApp, just send us a WhatsApp message on zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. And you can also message us on Facebook. We are live on Facebook. We haven't received any interaction so far. It looks like an in- answer question series. So we do need your interaction. We do need to listen out to people who are actually listening to us. Um, so we are moving on to a family side of visas. So we covered asylum, we covered visit visa. Um, now we we want to go on to um, spouse visa. So um, sp- what is spouse visa? Ash? So spouse visa is a visa for a person that's married to a British national. Okay. okay. So let's say someone, the husband's in the UK, he's a national in the UK. He went to India, got married and wants to bring his partner over. He can make this application, along with her, at the embassy in Delhi, to apply for her to come and join him in the UK. Okay. Okay? There are obviously strict requirements. First, and the most important one, is the maintenance requirement. You need to show that you are earning £18,600 per year. That's gross, which helps. Um... And you'll need evidence to cover the last six months of your income. Okay. To prove that that's what you've been earning on a monthly basis. Um, Over the last six months, you'll need your P60 to confirm your annual salary. Um, Bank statements confirming the income coming into your account. So that's the key element. Moving on, you'd need to show that you've got adequate accommodation to keep her. Um, and that 
it would not be overcrowded. So there's two of you living in one property, yeah. one bedroom would be sufficient. Okay. However, if you are living with a larger family, then, you know, if it's a three-bedroom property, it wouldn't be suitable for more than six people to live in that house. Um, you'll also need to show that you've met each other and that you are married. Okay, so let's say this person went to India, got married. Pictures of that would indicate that they've met each other. Also, they need to show that their relationship is subsisting. So, for example, WhatsApp conversations, telephone calls, records of telephone calls, these kind of things, all they indicate is that there is a subsisting relationship. So although they are living apart, because the British national may have had to return to work and so on, they can still have a relationship going on. Okay, And that needs to be proved that their relationship is still ongoing um, with any means possible. Um, sometimes the British national would send money to her uh, so that she can maintain herself over there. So evidence of all of that would be very helpful. Um, if the partner is pregnant, uh, evidence of that would be good. So all, all of this, these uh, pieces of evidence together collectively show that there is a genuine relationship. They also need to prove that they won't be relying on benefits um, when they come to the UK. Um, more importantly, they need to show that they will be living together when they come to the UK and that they wish to continue that relationship when they come when they get together in the UK. So that would be proved based on their past and current relationship. Okay, it's imp it's difficult to prove that you will continue your relationship in the future, but if you have a strong one now, uh, the presumption is that your relationship would carry on strong going into the future. So that's pretty much all the requirements you covered um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, in detail. Uh, I still have a few questions regarding the requirements. So we usually get frequently asked questions mm -hmm. by our clients, and sometimes I get questions. Obviously, you should be getting them as well mm -hmm. in relation to um, um, telephone marriages. Mm -hmm. This has been a hot topic in the past. People do call in and say, "Oh, I haven't been to the country of my partner's mm -hmm. region, but we have an online relationship. Mm -hmm. And if we get married on telephone, Islamic marriage on telephone, would that be acceptable?" What's your thoughts on that? Okay, well, the key question here is, have they met? Say if they haven't. Well, then you haven't satisfied the requirement. Okay. You have to meet in person. Okay. So the proxy marriage is, is a no-no? No. Well, whether it's a valid marriage or not, I'll leave that to the state to decide. Yeah. Okay, because if it's valid in the country that they are in, yeah. Then it's a valid marriage. The, the the Home Office would recognize that. So say, for example, proxy marriages are accepted in India. Yeah. Then fine, the Home Office would accept that. But you haven't met. The key requirement is that you've met. Physically. Yes. So okay. me meeting would mean to meet in person. Yeah. Um, not on the internet. Okay. So um, also um, in terms of... Uh, Say the British citizen, he's mm. say he's not employed, he's self-employed. Mm -hmm. Would the change slightly change the requirements? Yes, so the requirements, I can't recall off the top of my head exactly, but the requirements would be that you need to be earning, I think, 60,000 okay. um, over two years. Okay. Um, but it's based over your two years' worth of income okay. rather than over a year and okay. showing evidence of six months. Here you need to show your two years' worth of statutory 
um, tax returns. Okay. So the 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 there there is a difference. Okay, and uh, say the obviously application's been made. Mm-hmm. It's the visa's been granted. How long the visa is valid for? Thirty months. Thirty months. So after. that's two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yep. So once they get up to two and a half years, mm-hmm. then what? they have to reapply for a further thirty months. Okay. Okay. So you'll be known as some as something called the five year route. Okay. So you you get another thirty months after that. Again, the same requirements apply, but this time the benefit is that both partners can show that together they are earning eighteen thousand six hundred. So if the if the uh, foreign national is working in the UK and say her earning is ten thousand, his earning is ten thousand as well. Together they they actually satisfy that threshold. However, in the initial application, it's only the British national's income that can be used towards that requirement. And uh, once they've done their five years, are mm. they eligible for eligible for um, ILR? Yes. Indefinitely remain. Yeah. So after the five years, again, based on those same requirements, you'll apply for indefinite leave to remain. Yeah. Um, and then a year after, you can apply for naturalisation as well. Okay. Okay. But it's important to note that all of these applications require the English test to be satisfied. Okay, so all applications have English test, and uh, mm-hmm. once they get onto ILR, mm-hmm. would they need uh, life in the UK as well? Or? Yes. Okay. And the B1 English test. B1. For now, that's yes. always open to change. Okay, so at the moment, it's, it's, these are the requirements which mm-hmm. we just spoke about. Um, so we covered um, spouse visa as well. Now we are approaching the break. So after the break, we'll be back and we'll cover more areas of law. Please call in um, on 01582481822. You can also uh, text in or WhatsApp in. You can also Facebook us and uh, see you after the break. Thank you. Salamu alaikum. Join us for a fair reflection where we discuss and critically look at various issues surrounding us locally, nationally and globally around the world. We will be talking to experts and giving you a platform where your opinion matters. Tune in every Wednesday between 7 to 8pm on Inspire 105.1 FM. And remember, a fair reflection where your opinion matters. Assalamu alaikum listeners, uh, welcome back to Ask Your Lawyer show. My name is Shaquille Shah, I'm from uh, Wolf & Co. Solicitors. Uh, we also have a guest here, Mr. Ash Ali, uh, uh, also uh, at the Immigration Department at Wolf & Co. Solicitors. Uh, today we are uh, covering immigration law. Um, we have already covered asylum visas, visit visas, spouse visas and uh, we are happy to answer any questions. If there are any listeners have any questions, then they can call in on 01582481822. You can also WhatsApp in on 0779481822. We are live on Facebook right now. You can also comment or leave a message for us and we will get back to you. Um, so once again, we are um, on the family visas. So um, there are also something called family reunion, Ash. So uh, can you take us through family reunion? So family reunion visas are for those that have been granted asylum mm-hmm. in the UK. So say, for example, um, a mother um, who's been granted asylum, recognised as a refugee, wants to apply for her children. She can apply for those children that 
were at the time she left yeah. part of her family unit so if she had those children before she left her country of origin then she can apply for them so they'll be known as pre-flight family members or even her partner okay, okay so at the moment the law allows for you to apply for your children and your spouse okay. um, so as long as she can prove that she has a relationship with them and that relationship is subsisting and that she is a, a refugee she can apply for her children yeah. and her spouse so long as those members were her family members at the time she left um it has to be pre-flight um any so if she was to get married after she was given her refugee status or after she left her country of origin then that would become post-flight and the rules that we've discussed earlier before the break would apply in that case so normal spouse standard spouse visa yes okay. but for a family reunion those that are that are recognized as pre-flight family members you don't need to show income you don't need to show the necessary accommodation um or even the fact that they won't be relying on um, benefits you don't need to satisfy an english test um so the requirements are far less stringent okay um, and therefore it's a, it's a good thing to mention this because there are quite a few refugees out there in the in the community who can apply for family members from their country of origin to to join them here okay it is is there a home office fee for these applications no so family reunion applications are are free free and also yeah. um what visa would they get will they be refugees as well or depends? so they'll be family reunion visas but their visa would be in line with their sponsoring family member okay so if their family member has been in the uk for two years on a refugee visa they've got three years left they'll be given a visa for three years as well so it will expire on the day their say their mother her visa expires So if um, their mother or the uh, mm. refugee the original mm. refugee cl- uh, claims permanent residence and he's a permanent resident in the UK mm. would that affect his uh, family members Okay so you're using permanent residence from the EEA terminology but if are you saying indefinite leave Indefinite leave true, Okay yeah. so the day they she applies for indefinite leave they will apply along with her okay. as her dependents Uh so is there is there a um, time scale like would they have to have three years lived in the UK for three years five no. years or No so they will need to apply in line with the mother Okay so if the mother is the main refugee that has sponsored them the minute the mother applies for indefinite leave to remain they will apply also okay. because their leave will be in line with the mother's okay. so the refugees So if um say when the country was under war mm-hmm. everyone left their own mm-hmm. ways some people ended up in europe some mm-hmm. people ended up in uk can they still unite reunite in one country yes okay so th- this is you know regularly the case yeah say you know a family split up and they were in sudan during the turbulence the mother came to the uk she lost the family yeah. but the family have ended up in ethiopia using the red cross the tracing service just found them if they are in ethiopia an application can be made yeah. and the application can be submitted in ethiopia okay so they would need the same evidence to show that they were pre uh, a family unit pre-flight okay okay so clearly in this case this hypothetical yeah. case they were and then due to the problems they split now that yeah. they've got in touch with each other there is some form of a relationship so for example they've been calling each other and um sending money over um or even whatsapp messages 
So all of this would in- indicate that they've got a sufficient relationship now that they've been able to get in touch with each other. So that would be sufficient evidence as well. And then based on that, the Home Office is likely to grant them leave to enter the UK. Okay. And then obviously the same rule applies, they can apply for um, indefinite leave to remain with... With uh, the mother. Okay. So, um, some say if the one member is in Europe, he's a, he's an accepted refugee, mm-hmm. one member is, a family member is in the UK accepted refugee, which one would be easier in your... Um, I don't understand the question. So, so you're saying, go on, carry on. So if the husband is in Europe, say Italy, wife is in the UK, they're both refugees at their countries of, mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, if they want to join each other, would that be easier for them to join in the UK or would, it, would that be easier for the wife to travel to Italy and join her partner in Italy? Well, that depends on the rules and regulations in Italy. Okay. However, refu- because this is refugee law, it's international okay. law. So it's an international convention on refugees. So Italy applies the same rules, what they should do, um, as they as they do in the UK. Okay, but based on my understanding of the system in the UK, it'd be easier for them to join each other in the UK. However, if he is a refugee in Italy, he could travel to the UK on his travel document that he'll receive yeah. from Italy. So he doesn't need to go through the family reunion process. Okay. He can come and join her here. Oh, that's anyway. But if they are in, say, you know, a, a third country like Egypt, and, sh- you know, they want to come and join them here, the family member, then obviously the best approach would be to make an application through family reunion rules. Okay, so that covers up the family reunion pretty much. And uh, Mm -hmm. if listeners have any questions on family reunion, because this is a very hot topic uh, and we always get calls uh, to ask about, people do ask us about um, how to join their family members. So if you want a free advice, you can call us on 01582481822. You can also WhatsApp us on 0779481822. We are also live on Facebook. You can message us or um, leave a comment on Facebook and we will monitor it and um, uh, get in touch with you. Um, so we covered uh, pretty much the main areas to do with the asylum, visit visa, spouse visa and also family reunion. So we got enough i think 10 15 minutes towards the end of the show so mm-hmm. we'll cover um some of the student visa aspect of the immigration mm-hmm. so um ash what are the requirements for uh, a student visa so the key aspect of the student visa is to ensure that you have um an acceptance for studies in the uk from a sponsoring institution so someone that is a tier four, four sponsor. So most of the universities in the UK are tier four sponsors. Um, and you need a cast letter confirming that they have accepted you for studies in their institution. Mm-hmm. That will give you the most weight. Without that, you, you you won't be eligible for a student visa. However, there are many other requirements yeah. um, and exceptions to, the, to, to this rule. However, you need a CAS in any event you'll need to show that you have got acceptance to study in the UK. Um, Thereafter, what you will need to show is that you've got the money in your account to maintain yourself, to pay for your fees, um, and obviously pay for your accommodation. So we were um, 
generally covering the requirement, the first mm-hmm. requirement of visa as a student visa, which was the um, acceptance letter from the university. Um, so, is, is this is this fair to say that they have to start applying to the university before they apply to the home office? Mm. Yeah. Yes. So you will you will need um, you will need acceptance yeah. from a university or a college in the UK before you apply for your visa. Okay, so um, they have to contact the university first mm-hmm. and then get the cash letter and yes. then apply for the visa. Mm-hmm. So the application, uh, how does the application work? Is it online application or the application for for student visas? Student stu- student visa, it's all online nowadays anyway. Okay. Okay, but you need to obviously have all the evidence that um, you you can physically submit at the embassy. Okay, they will give you an appointment at the end of the application process to submit all of the evidence okay. uh, to them for them to consider. Um, as part of this, you'll have your cash letter, you'll have your bank statements to prove that you've got the income, letter of accommodation, yeah. okay, your English language tests. Obviously, for certain courses, you'll need the English language tests. For some, you might not. Um, so once you've got all of that in place, you will submit it to the Home Office as part of your online application for them to consider. And okay. um, you will get a decision hopefully within eight weeks. Okay, so what submission. type of courses uh, can a student undertake in the UK if they want to come for a student visa? So it, it depends on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so say you've completed your A-levels and you want to come and apply for a, 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 to come and um, study for a degree, undergraduate degree, you can make that application and submit um, your visa application on, on that basis. Um, you can come for a doctorate. Um, or medical doctor courses, master's courses. Um, a popular one is an MBA. It depends. It depends on the individual. Um, you can even do English language courses um, just to study English language as a foreign language okay. um, in the UK. Uh, and, and that's very common as well. Okay, so that's uh, like English course, mm-hmm. even if you have an English uh, test passed, but you can still do it as a qualification. Mm-mm. Okay. No. And how long usually these visas last for? Well, it would be for the term of your course, okay. mostly, and, and a few months extra just to give you time to obviously leave or even arrange for an extension if need be. So okay. if you've got, um, say, a three-year course, you'll normally be able to get your visa for three years, but they will give you 30 months. Okay. Okay? You'll then apply for an extension at that time. But if you've got everything in order then they'll give you that extension to cover the period um, of your studies. So from the past experience, we do see people who, mm-hmm. at the end of the visa, they uh, sometimes they fail some of the subjects mm-hmm. or do retakes, mm-hmm. and their visa is about to expire. Is that a good reason to ask for extension? Yep. Um, a, a lot of students do ask for an extension for that uh, okay. reason, uh, and they are granted quite easily Okay. okay because it's it's normal to fail exams and it's normal to retake them as well okay and if if, if they pass and want mm. to carry on studying in, in mm-hmm. a, a higher course or mm-hmm. in a higher university mm-hmm. would they um, extend it within the UK or? yes so they can extend it within the UK but the key yes. is to show that there is progression okay. so if you were doing an undergraduate degree moving on sidewards to do another undergraduate it yeah. would be quite difficult okay. however if you were to do a degree in science generally, and you wanted to do a master's yeah. on, on a specialism, that would be 
progression. So that would be something that you can apply for, something the Home Office would um, consider and po- possibly accept. And would they still need the CAS letter from the university? Yes. So again, because it's a brand new course, yeah. Okay. Um, you'll need to apply through the university um, and they, they'll grant you a CAS letter. And the same requirements apply to show the maintenance requirements are satisfied, the accommodation and so on. And once you've got all of that in place, you'll be granted a visa or an extension to your current visa for the new course. So say they are in the UK now, they want mm-hmm. to apply for an extension. Mm-hmm. And now they have to show the funds, uh, the maintenance in the UK or mm-hmm. can they still show funds abroad and then bring them over? Yep, so they can show that the funds are abroad. Okay. Um, they can even show that their parents are covering the funds. So a letter, bank statements and so on from their yeah. parents. Showing Generally, most of the cases are where uncles or parents yep. uh, are covering or yes. sometimes it's state covers, sometimes government covers as yes. uh, uh, scholarships. Exactly. So all of these letters or documentation uh, would, would be satisfactory. Okay. It's unlikely. Um, m- most students do pay for themselves. Um, but it's normally through parents anyway. Yeah. Um, but then third-party support is allowed, yeah. as long as the relevant um, signed documents are there. And uh, as we know, the education is very expensive mm-hmm. in terms of uh, UK. Do they get any student loans or grants within the UK if they apply for? No. So UK nationals and UK and EU nationals are different. Yeah. Um, but for foreign nationals are not eligible for um, grants or loans through the student loan company, they, they wouldn't be allowed to apply. Okay. Um, so how is the age, a student age, does it, is there a restriction of uh, the visa? Like how long can you stay as a student? Say uh, five years, ten years, or is there any restriction? Well, there shouldn't be. It depends on how long you've been here for. Okay. okay. And uh, once they stayed, how long do they need to stay to get indefinitely to remain? So that would be 10 years. Okay, so 10 if, years. If, if together you've collated 10 years, um, then you can use a different route. Because through the student visa route, there isn't an automatic right to an in- indefinite leave to remain. Okay. But if you've stayed in the UK for 10 years continuously on a lawful basis, then you can apply for an indefinite leave to remain, which is a separate application on it, uh, of okay. its own, yeah. saying that you've been in the UK lawfully for 10 years that's known as the long residence route but the lawful visa route let's say so does it have to be continuous yes Uh, it has to be continuous 10 years and it doesn't matter which visa you are you can change any Mm -hmm. but it has to be lawful so you have you have to have valid leave pretty much every day of those last 10 years okay yeah so um we covered um Tier four student visas, and uh, if any if any of the listeners have any questions regarding uh, student visas, they can call us on zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two. You can also WhatsApp or Facebook message. WhatsApp number is zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. You can also visit www.inspirefm.org. So um, now we um, we are moving on to. Uh, business size of the uh, visas so we so what are the requirements for an investor visa the the key requirement for an investor visa is to show that you will invest two million pounds in the uk okay okay so you need to you need to prove that you've got that money on you okay apart from that you need to show that you've got the money to maintain yourself okay and that 
you satisfy the accommodation requirements and the English language requirements. But the most important point here is that you need to have two million pounds available and accessible to you to invest in the UK, which is a very large sum. Yeah. So, um, so do they need any sort of business plan or uh, how? In this case, it's not necessary okay. to have a business plan. However, you need to obviously show that you've got some form of an idea on what you want to do with the two million pounds. Okay. So what kind of investments you will want to make while in the UK. Okay. Um, and a past history of investments would be useful. Okay. okay. You know, if you've if you've got two million pounds or you've got no history of investing in the past and you have suddenly decided you want to invest, um, it'll be hard for you to persuade the home office that you you you, you will become an investor suddenly. Okay, so um, so how long this pro process, if they want to apply for mm -hmm. an investor visa, how long would the process take? Okay, it takes around three to four, three to four to eight weeks okay. uh, for the embassy or the home office to consider your application. And the leave that you'll be granted is for three years and four months. Three years and four months. And once you get three years and four months, mm -hmm. can you apply to extend it? Yes, you can apply to extend that. And would that still lead to a indefinite leave to remain? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. how long do you have to stay in the UK for indefinitely to remain? So that one would be five years. Five years and then it's this indefinitely mm. to remain and naturalisation yes. and passport. Okay. Um, yeah, so you also have another type of visa which is a bit uh, uh, slightly different from it's also mm. tier one, but it's an entrepreneur mm -hmm. uh, visa. So what are the requirements for that visa? So that one, the key is to show that you've got £200,000 available yeah. to invest in a business of your own okay. in the UK. Okay, and the, the most important piece of evidence in this is your business plan. Yeah. So how do you plan to invest your £200,000 into this business of your own? Okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't need to be you know, a one-off cash injection of £200,000. Um, it could be over the space of a year two years and so on. But that business plan of yours would detail everything. So that plays the key part in that's, the whole process. That's the key part. Um, and then, you know, we go back to the same requirements for everything, which is the maintenance requirements, accommodation in English language. Okay. But apart from all of that, the key component here is to ensure that you have £200,000 readily available to invest in your own business. So it could be a new business or a consortium of some sort that you are involved in. But it has to be yours. Um, you can't invest in a third-party business with this one. Yeah, so um, so this, and then the rest is the same. Once you mm -hmm. do five years, mm -hmm. then you can apply for indefinite leave to remain and so on and so on. So uh, now um, we are reaching towards the end of the show because of the Adan will be played, I think, at 52 past. So and afterwards, uh, it will be um, the, a break time and we pretty much finished now before Adan starts. So this is uh, pretty much end of our show um, for today. We covered most of the immigration areas. We covered almost all the requirements you would need to show to come to the UK. If you do have any questions or queries, you can also always call the Inspire FM office on 01582481822. You can WhatsApp in or send Facebook messages and they will pass it on to our panelists and we will get back to you. You can leave your name, number and details and everything. So um, 
we are towards the end of the show thank you very much for listening to us assalamu alaikum thank you for listening to our podcast we stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org you'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefm luton